This is Shaka Wartspeak. Hey, welcome to Shaka Wartspeak. We're back again with another rethink. Um, we've been doing a number of these things, but we're back for, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I don't know what it is, but um, if you've kept up with us for the last bit, you've realized that there's a lot of things that we can uh, kind of sit back on, rethink again. So we're happy to do that again. Yeah, we um, think you should rethink. Totally. Yeah, or and, we think we think. And, and we, you know, hey, yep. it's me, Gareth. The Royal we, got, we got Ryan here as well yeah. as, you know, the, the, the folks you've come to know and love. In 80 episodes. Yeah, this is the 80th episode. It's nuts. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That's uh, like my 80s synth. <laughs> That's the 80. We went 80s for a minute. So, uh, which, I mean, to be honest, I'd say is probably 70 or 75 more episodes than I thought we might actually knock out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what I thought. I thought 20 would be like way out there. I think I, I think we may, uh, for me, I won't speak for you. Yeah. But for me, I think I was... Uh, like in most things that I jump into, because you know one of my favorite phrases is "I'm in." Yeah, that's um, true. Is uh, I think I was just like I don't really know what to expect. Sure. So I'm just gonna go in. I think that's what we did. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I knew what to expect, but I thought, well, yeah, I remember just thinking like 20 episodes a lot. was a number in my mind. Like, yeah, man, if we could, and yeah. So anyhow, so to, to be like episode 80, it's like what? You know? Yeah. And of course, I mean, there's a million podcasts out there and yeah. ever more but i mean hey yeah. we're coming up on triple digits soon, yeah we're so coming up on triple digits really we're, legit we're in year three you know i felt like we were late to the game on podcasting but now i'm constantly constantly running to people that are are just starting now oh yeah so i don't feel as bad <laughs> no not at all and um you know and i think that's actually a pretty decent segue into stuff we're talking about today because today what we're rethinking is innovation innovation which is kind of like a uh you know, it's def- like there's a logical flow to the, the last several totally. things. So 100%. listen to them together because they're building. Yeah. And and definitely listen to this one in tandem with Rethink Creativity because there's a lot of um, mm-hmm. interconnectivity and overlap there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we will, you know, in some ways we'll have to appeal to creativity in order to explain or, or think through the implications of innovating. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, you don't get to, you don't get to enter into this. We'll, we'll impact this. But you don't get to enter into it if you're just a non-imaginative person. Yeah. All. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think why this is kind of a decent segue is. Um, oh, that's right. We did imagination, not creativity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. do. They overlap yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. Yep. But the, uh, you know, the I think the good segue uh, is that, you know, we started doing this podcast. And we started doing it in. <laughs> however many hundreds of thousands of podcasts are already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something different about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is something innovative, even if sometimes, particularly if you're in like an academic sense, you at this point might be like rolling your eyes when you hear innovation. You might be like, oh, I hear that in every, every talk in my school. I hear, I read it in every email. I feel like it's just one of those, one of those words that gets yeah, tossed around. We, we, you know, just to be, stay on my grumpy note, we um, love to eviscerate the the meaning of, of terms. Yeah, yeah. Also, use it into oblivion. Yeah, we use it into oblivion because we, um, we look at um, certain buzz terms as cash cows. Yes. And stabilizers for institutions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we don't actually change the culture. We just change the phraseology and the terminology. Yeah. And, and we call it progressive or we call it cutting edge. And so what happens is uh, uh, what's, what's, what these things are pointing to are, are they themselves gutted and are hollowed out. They're shallow. Yeah. It's very, very shallow. So then what you see is the same shallowness 
with new terminology and it, it, it just gets cut down, yeah. loses its, its value or potency or causes people to react against it mm-hmm. and say, well, we're not about that. And so what you're seeing is kind of the deconstruction of language. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah, and the deconstruction of ideas because of the poor uh, uh, embodiment of uh, such ideas. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to say, and I think we're kind of tracking And we call it way. progress. So we said that last episode, but I want to keep dragging that forward. So it fails because the people are failing, but what we call that is progress. Yeah, yeah. We, we call it forward-looking. Mm-hmm. Well, it's run its course we got to look forward to the next thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, people are always looking forward when they're walking, whether or not they're going the right direction. Correct. Um, and I would say like, you know, I think we're saying the same thing, but just in, you know, complete illustration of what you're talking about, uh, different terms is, um, yeah, there's a, we like segment things. So we're like, Oh, this is a completely different thing from this other part. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it, you know, we, we talk a lot about holistic, mm-hmm. right. That they're, that, there are ways that things fit together Mm -hmm. and if we just pull things out and we say something like oh this is the innovative work that's Mm -hmm. being done in a new way what about the other stuff yeah that isn't labeled innovative but it's still being done maybe differently or uniquely or something else like because by the way new uh unique new haven't been done none of those necessarily say whether they ought to be done right or whether they're uh uh you know, what they're for is, is towards ends that are agreeable or good or um, beneficial, if you will. Or And not that everything has to be instrumentalized, um, but it's just to say that these terms are so hollowed out that we import other meanings into them, yeah. uh, so associated meanings like, well, if it's innovative, it's good. If it's new, it's good. If it's new, it's best. If it's innovative, it's best. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, if you know, in our communities, you have uh, studio artists that are barf when they hear the word innovation. And yeah, and I, totally. I don't blame them. I'm and kind it's of, like kind at of least an eye roll and a sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oftentimes, who's saying that? It's the uber business type mm-hmm. um, who's looking to make a profit. Yeah. So I think the first, well, go for it. Or I was going to say, uh, and even another category to add to that is not just the like sold out commercialism or commercialization side of things, but it's also the, um, Hey, we have to legitimize the art somehow. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to marry it with math. Mm-hmm. We're going to marry it with science. Mm-hmm. Now we've got innovation because innovation yes. exists within these metric based logical things mm-hmm. and the arts, y'all need some help. So we're going to put these on and yeah, call it innovation. We need, a, we need a, yeah, we need another justifier. And I'm not yeah. anti working with the sciences. No, collaborate all day. Yeah, Collaborate. But it is, let's be clear on the terms. Um, and that comes back to things that, you know, um, you know, we've talked about in the past, like that mm-hmm. there is an aesthetic, uh, poverty into, to, to the folks living in the world we find ourselves in such that, yeah. um, um, we're resting in such shallow, shallow assumptions about the arts, creativity, imagination, uh, innovation, design that, um, uh, we're anemic mm-hmm. in our, um, forward you know, uh, manifestations because our peripheral vision is not actually attuned to what's actually really there Yeah, and how some going back to the, uh, phenomenon, the logical mm-hmm. uh, discussion, but also just the, if you want to call it the, the creaturely nature of, um, reality, mm-hmm. the, you know, animals, um, the, what people call nature. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, um, sky, earth, water, land, yeah, particle. I mean, all of that stuff um, has uh, informative properties resonating 
ontologies um, imbued with unpackable experiences that are meant to be ushered or brought forward. And uh, when we think that we lord over that stuff, so like, let me go back really quick. So like, there's a way you could talk about this in in a historical way. Mm -hmm. So you had, um, what is it, Grace? So if you took like Aquinas, Aquinas talked about um, Grace eating up Oh gosh, I'm forgetting the order of the categories, but it was kind of it's kind of like um like religion, grace, nature, culture. Mm-hmm. So, uh grace ate up religion, nature ate up grace, and culture ate up nature. In in like a kind of successive order of thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, what you're left with is is this idea, and not everybody, of course this is not necessarily true, but you can track this kind of through history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pre-Renaissance, post-Renaissance into, you know, kind of your transcendentalism and the sublime yeah, and, yeah. you know, having, you know, these uh, profound experiences out in the wild in the West. And, and then you get to cultural production um, where culture subdues the wild and the sublime, mm-hmm. you know, into, you know, planter boxes in, in the middle of uh, Times Square. <laughs> yeah. So we've, we've, you know, we've um, subdued or um, conquered uh, the natural world, naturalism. Right. And uh, we've conquered religion. We've conquered, you know, this is the idea. And what we're left with is this. And the thing is, I disagree with it. Um, but I think it's a helpful analysis because some people uh, over the years have, have um, existed, thought, and acted this way. And so there is a line to track. There's a through line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens then is you get a people that are like technocratic or um, everything is technology-based in their thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because the assumption is we've, we've conquered the rest of it. But here's the problem is in, in, in assuming that, you know, one, that we're a conquering kind of people, which is completely off, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the way to be. Um, we've neglected nature, if you will. And um, it yeah. is showing itself to, uh, to having been neglected, but yet still utterly powerful. So as soon as an earthquake happens, all your, your best laid plans about, uh, innovating a society through technology and architecture mm-hmm. is completely undone because the, uh, the earth had a stomach ache and decided to rumble a little bit. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So yeah, totally. there's an arrogance in, in that, uh, that is enjoined to this discussion about creativity, mm-hmm. imagination, and then, you know, innovation, right? Um, without accounting for the totality of the context we find ourselves in. Yeah. So that's the holistic thing is that there's a, a fittedness to the world and there's a totality to it. And we're, it's so thoroughgoing. You're so fully integrated in it. You can take it utterly for granted and then um, project the next, you know, 40 augmented reality, mm-hmm. virtual sci-fi uh, experience that's going to usher in the golden age of utopia for us yeah. and, and disregard the rest. And so the thing is, uh, those kinds of people that have both the money and uh, intellectual capacity are far and few between. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is an appropriator walking around a college campus somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, saying these things, talking this way, exuding this arrogance, but with nothing to back it. They're hollowed out, yeah. hollowed out individuals. And so, um, which means most of the expressions are hollowed out. Yeah. So I think, you know, that, I think that's actually a helpful point. Um, you know, these hollowed out expressions. Um, 
Because I know a lot of times the the hollowness can present itself early on if it's like a field you understand, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, that's not quite, that's not it. It's not ringing true. I think the hollowness also shows itself in repetition without any import. So, you know, somebody keeps repeating the same terms, and mm -hmm. we see this a lot with something like innovation. It gets bandied around. Um, and we don't actually see, like, really things changing that much. Yeah. You know, it's incremental yeah, yeah. change. Or growth. And I think yeah. one of the best ways to look at it is, like, you know, something like a smartphone. Mm -hmm. When they first came out, you know, 14 years ago, they, they seemed very innovative. Yeah. Right. They seem very okay. This is this is different. This is unique. I, you mean I don't have to print out maps from MapQuest anymore? Mm -hmm. I can just look on my phone and go somewhere. That's awesome. That's innovative. But I don't know. Last ten years, there's nothing in like. Oh, my screen just got point three inches bigger. Like, yeah. I don't. That doesn't seem. It seems hollow. Yeah. It seems played out. It's not innovative anymore. It's yeah. different. It's different. It's changed some. Sure. But in terms of innovation, I don't think that's there. So yeah. it might be helpful even just to kind of you know, uh, ground uh, the next part of the discussion and like where, what are the understandings that we yeah. kind of see? Well, we have to, yeah. So, so what, I think what's kind of communicated. Yeah. Let's go to, let's go to Google real quick. Let's so do it. Google says innovation is a noun and it's the, the action or process of innovating. Great. <laughs> innovation is crucial to the continuing success of any, uh, any organization, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, yeah, I was like, that is crude. Maybe, maybe, are, right? I yeah, mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, In and Out makes pretty good burgers. Yeah, for real. And so they don't really have to innovate very much. No, I mean, uh, like, uh, what, what's that company like? Like some company like Prince or whatever that makes tennis balls. Yeah. I don't know how innovative they've gotten. Is their fuzz a little different? Yeah. Now? You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's an, so, th so notice how the, language changes yeah it's very much um, a, a value definition yeah, it's a value definition proposing something that's right and so then you have um you know similar uh, innovations or but the uh, similar would be a, a new method idea product etc mm -hmm. and um I, you know um i also found on this was it was uh i think it's wikipedia so it says innovation is the practical implementation of ideas that result in the introduction of new goods or services or improvement in offering goods and services. So, yeah. That's like, yeah. That's so vague. Yeah, it's very vague. So, so again, you're, you're already seeing the hollowed out meaning yeah. just by reading uh, top, of the, top of the, you know, um, internet mm -hmm. Google search, right? Um, so, one thing is they're smuggling in, they're importing value statements into the definition. Yeah. And creating a kind of ubiquity right because on the one hand it's innovative but it's like any changes to consumer goods uh a fresh idea it becomes very relative and localized to the given individual it's like that's different mm -hmm. so we're, are we saying it's innovation or are we saying it's different yeah because not the same thing no and new is not innovation necessarily either i mean yeah yeah if we had i mean you know there's a lot of times within some of those thought experiments they'll say things about you know if, if a martian came to earth and some dude that lived on Mars, mm -hmm. hadn't seen our stuff. He came to Earth. What would his experience with X, Y, or Z be? Her experience with X, Y, sure. or Z. Um, and it's one of those things where your assumption would be if there is a, if there's a creature from another planet that's able to do interplanetary travel uh, in such a way that they could find us and do all this sort of stuff, there would be assumptions about their ability. Mm -hmm. They would come to Earth and they would see things very, very different mm -hmm. than what they have. Yeah. Assumption continues. That means that none of this would necessarily be innovative. Yeah. It could actually be extremely backward, but it's still different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and also you could look, he, this person might look at it and say, I don't see any need for it. There's right. no use for this. Right. 
So any of those sort of innovative definitions, like they don't really, they don't pass muster. Yeah. Cause they, and, and so what happens is it rel- So this is part of the, um, the, you know, I, I'll say it's the, since the nineties, maybe more in the two thousands, but this is the Richard Rorty and kind of drift towards, um, communal relativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you read Rick, old or new Wittgenstein, like the whole discussion on language and yeah, yeah. it's subjectivity and, and there's some, there's some truth to that. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't dispute that. Um, but the relativity aspect, um, means that there's like a moving, there's a moving, there's just a moving target, Yeah, you know, for how we understand these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, like we call something innovation, like the rocket ship. Yeah. The first time we go, it, it's like we go, that, that's innovating. Or I'm trying to think of a good, a good easy example. It's kind of like how um, there would have been a time where we had a proper understanding of that, which is awesome, mm-hmm. which means we would have, in a colloquial sense, never would have referred to a hot dog as awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've done that to everything. Mm-hmm. So the relativity has um, eviscerated a lot of the richness to uh, who we are, uh, what we do, and where we're headed or, or where we're at in every sphere. Like yeah. every sphere is in decline. So I guess what I'm trying to find the words to say is I think we are in a kind of um, creative decline. Mm. Um, and, and in some ways it looks like we're gasping. Um, yeah, I mean, it, like it, again, if you're in this space where like innovation has to be the thing, if that's what shows mm-hmm. forward progress, like one of those said, or economic function, if innovation, if those things are contingent upon innovation happening, mm-hmm. then everything has to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be bad. Yes. Because the only way to not stagnate mm-hmm. is to get rid of, to change, to advance, to make more money. Or, like, it's just yeah, or they're just adorning words that buzz for a second and let you, Oh, well, so here's what I say is what I was getting to with the royalty thing is the, uh, I lost my train of thought for a second, but it's the reader response phenomena. Mm-hmm. So it's the reliance per progressive, a lot reliance on people to decide what they want always and forever about whatever it is they're coming to. Mm-hmm. So it's highly dependent upon you to decide what it means because only you can decide what it means. Well, we're, we're so knee deep into that, yeah. that we're becoming absolutist about personally subjective decisions that we've made and values we care about. Mm. So we've taken, so this is what I mean by we've become atomistic. We're fracturing down mm-hmm. and we're taking the fractures and we're making those the absolute metrics for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see um, infighting, canceling, um, absolutizing each other into uh, impossible, uh, ungracious states. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's utterly impossible to live uh, underneath these preferential uh, nodes or particulars. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. But as long as we continue to hold to the, the reader response uh, sense first, uh, then, you know, you come to a university and they say, we're about innovation. Okay, show me how. Mm-hmm. We're about innovation. Okay, show me how. And, and you actually don't really see it necessarily. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because it's just left for you to decide what you think that means. Yeah. And so if you have a Disney category for imagination and innovation, then you're like the little girl on up 
or uh, yeah, and up who's like, you know, adventure is out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a great movie because they go and they find the guy and, and he's not what they, um, what they admired. Yeah. yeah. He's not who they thought that he was. Right. And, um, and so it's up to you to kind of fill in the blanks. And we think that that is about our agency and our, our personhood and, and our individuality. But um, that's all being turned over in the droves anyways. We're, we yeah. really are being told what to think and say and, and how to make. And, um, um, and so innovation becomes more like a, a doctrinal bumper sticker <laughs> that, that, um, that you just put on. Yeah. Oh, we got our bumper sticker. We know that, like, you know, when you drive behind a car and they mm-hmm. hit every bumper sticker, they, <laughs> yeah. they let you know in just a few stickers uh, everything they believe. Mm-hmm. There's no discourse. Right. It's just, this is what I believe and uh, I'm safe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm hitting, I'm, I'm no, pulling is, punches today. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, man. Um, I mean, and the thing is, like, within the universe, I teach innovation is not necessarily uh, heralded the same way. Um, even though that's usually how a lot of people will be like, oh, that's what they do. Um, and they really talk badly about it. But within the space of like creative industry and things like that, innovation is really a big deal. And yes. some of it is just because it is a, a harbinger of a hopeful like uh, legitimization of something. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, yeah, if we say this, then what we're doing is good. Yes. So we don't subscribe to it because a lot of what we deal with is kind of going back to basics. It's a lot of this rethinking stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of reteaching how we understand creativity and good modes of doing it, how thinking can be done. Um, whereas, you know, there's there's other places around the country where when they talk about innovation, they're like, oh, we made a new tech thing. Yeah. Which is another term that's problematic. We could do a whole episode on rethinking technology. Uh a professor in the past was very clear about the fact he's like he's like do not use the word technology in my classroom because you do not use it right and mm-hmm. we're like this is like day one we haven't yeah. even said anything he's yeah. like that piece of paper in front of you is technology yeah that pencil in front of you is technology these walls um your clothes you're wearing you know this, this all technology. so you're going back to my Aquinas point is we've narrowed it to yes a subset mm-hmm. and we've made the subset the total yeah technology so, is computer chip digital device yeah and so then we have to live under that. And we've all agreed as though it's our own personal subjective decision. Yeah. But somehow we all look alike. So then when you make a different kind of painting, or if you return to an older kind of painting, yeah. people are just like, look at you being all blasé. Why don't you get with the times? Right. Or if you go out for a walk, then you have people saying, well, the, uh, the natural world is the matrix. Yeah, because yeah. They're, they're living in such a tech, technological state of being mm-hmm. in the narrowed sense yeah. that they, they see everything prismatically through that mm-hmm. lens. And so they read that milieu back out into the world. So it's not by accident that you have people, um, uh, generations, you know, brought up embedded in tech, uh, a very narrow, narrow field technology right. to the extent that they're living entrenched into that world. Mm-hmm. And then from that vantage point, see everything else as an extension of that world. It's, mm-hmm. it, that would be what I would call an inversion of what is the case. Yeah. And, but that's, it's not surprising that we have people, I mean, dude, I read like, I don't know how I came across this, but I read about 40 tweets mm-hmm. of some of the dumbest stuff I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it. Things that people said. It down. Yeah. Like, like people, dumb tweets. people, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, but shockingly dumb, yeah, like yeah. you can't make this up, but it's like, there's a reason why there's people that think the earth is flat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's, I mean, you know, the, the flatter earther who's uh, completely um, embedded into a flat screen. Yeah. Like there's something there, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
God bless him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to judge, but I'm saying, here's my thing. My heart is this reason why I would want to do a rethink series is because, or why, why we did the podcast is I, you know, there's a burden, there's an urgency Mm -hmm. to not throw the baby out with the bathwater anymore. And we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And I don't exactly know what we should do, but I do know that for sure we've thrown the baby out with the the bathwater. And here's the thing. Every semester I teach, um, there's things that I teach that no one is aware of. Yeah. And I can confirm it every semester. And what that tells me is these are the things that would be kind of assumed. And now they're completely not at all. Mm-hmm. And then it shocks everybody. And then it throws them into like a bit of like a, oh my gosh, well, what else? And it's like, how much of, are you making decisions based on a very limited field of knowledge? Not totally. As if it's the totality of knowledge. Yeah. It's a horrifying, this is, and, and we call it progress, but what we're doing is becoming atomistic. And I would, go further as to say that it's dehumanizing mm-hmm. because it's, it's uh, rendering us um, less than what I think humans are, mm-hmm. uh, perpetually so. We're weaker, we're more afraid, uh, we're more scared, we're more anxious, um, le- less able in many ways um, uh, because of fear. I mean, you know, like if you, if you go it's on the news, it's just ruled by fear. It's been for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And so then you talk about innovation, it just becomes a, an inverse decorative statement yeah. um, to kind of gather around. Like innovation becomes like a mother hen. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, and also I think it's a whole lot of FOMO going on with it because folks are like, oh, if I'm not innovating, then I'm, I guess I'm not anywhere. Exactly. And it's like, no, you can, you can actually do things well. I mean, there was a, a program I taught in for just a little bit a few years back, uh, taught a few classes and, 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 and the whole thing is they said that what they're doing is they're churning out people who were idea people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? And they're like, you know, they're the ones that come up with the ideas. I was like, but what do you mean? Mm-hmm. What, how, what does that mean for teaching? Mm-hmm. And so they weren't coming up with ideas, mm-hmm. first of all. But on the other hand, they also were not able to actually communicate those ideas because they weren't being taught how to execute yeah. an idea. But the innovation was the idea. Mm-hmm. It's a new way to think about this. It's like, yeah. it's not, it's been done before. Yeah, yeah. So sitting down with some of these students, they were like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be this sort of thing with this. And it was a very vague description of these ideas. And so I'm like, all right, well, like build it, make it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I don't know how to. I was like, well, I don't know the point of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the, the issue that uh, came across over and over again were things like, well, I, I don't know how to take a, a color photo in Photoshop and make it black and white. I'm like, well, if you, can't, if you can't work with the pieces that exist, you can't make something different or new. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't just throw out all this stuff in the past. Yeah. You can't throw out the parts that build something and then say it's innovative just because you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't come across Well, you know what's funny way. is the, the new, and this has for, been for a few years, but the, and I've, you know, I, I would, See, I agree with these things in part, but not in whole. Yeah, totally. So, so one of these is what you're finding, and it's been for a few years now. But um, there's a there's there's a besetting ubiquity to the idea that the arts are about problem solving. So, yeah. an institution comes around, they say we innovate, we problem solve. And so, so what we've done is we've done two things. Uh, we're saying that artists are problem solvers, mm-hmm. and that that's what the arts are about. But mm-hmm. it also means that the that we exist in a world that's problematic. Yeah. Right. And so, um, therefore you, you, you learn to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and while I think the world is problematic and while artists 
are uh, often able to solve problems. If that's all that it is, mm-hmm. holy smokes. Yeah, we're just like exterminators. Yeah, I mean, like, so come in when the bugs are there. Yeah, in order to solve problems, you have to assume the alternative. Mm-hmm. So at some point, it's no longer a problem. Yeah. Well, in order for there to no longer be a problem, there has to be a world that also is not problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be states that actually exist in such a way that they're not problematic. In order to recognize, that's, that's the yeah. inductive part, right? In mm-hmm. order to recognize that which is a problem. So uh, uh, problems that arise and we solve them or we try to. But, uh, I mean, that's not unique to being an artist, by the way. Not at all. And so... Doctors solve problems. Yeah, when we start to narrow things, it exposes our worldview. Mm-hmm. And it, it means that a lot of po- folks don't know how to square with why they're an artist. Mm-hmm. Because they have such an anemic view of the world, of themselves that they're they're narrowing into these little pockets and going oh okay you know 20 years ago it was, it was self-expression well that's insufficient and we know that now it's too narcissistic so now it's about solving problems okay so let's let's do 10 years of, of art art is about solving problems and innovating mm-hmm. now it's What's, narcissistic problem solving yeah yeah well um someone's going to come along and go not everything's a problem yeah and you know where we're going to be back in the 60s or the 40s or 50s with some kind of, you know, romantic, uh, a kind of neo-romanticism mm-hmm. where, um, and that's probably already happening. It probably doesn't take long. I mean, th- these, these things are uh, vicious cycles. But there's just a point where um, you just get off the, uh, you know, the, the carousel. You just get yeah. off and you just watch it spinning. And mm-hmm. you go, this is, this is kind of crazy because nobody wants to sit down and actually think a little more thoughtfully and humbly about it concede their uh, inadequacies to the totality mm-hmm. and admit they're a small f- fraction of the whole. Yeah. Um, which requires you to uh, be okay with uh, people not liking what you do and not, not value, you know, not yeah. valuing it. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's a, there's a reality uh, in terms of what you're doing that you also have to actively work against mm-hmm. because if, if we are looking for all of these things to, to uh, vibe with each other, mm-hmm then we have to buy into that like stupid outdated assumption the, the dumb ideas we've heard and mm-hmm. you know this may be a different sort of a progressive line than 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 maybe you agree with but it's you know uh drawing was made obsolete by painting painting was made obsolete by photo photos made obsolete by video videos made obsolete by the internet like we have to believe like well if i'm a, if I'm a painter doing innovative things i'm already working against that reality mm-hmm. if that is the reality that yeah. I'm I'm working in an outmoded field mm-hmm. to be innovative. Mm-hmm. Like one has to trump the other. Well, Either so painting see, matters or innovation is key. Yeah, and so the problem, and that's the thing is, if we buy that, if we, I think things change. Mm-hmm. I would say that we develop, um, and because we develop things, you have folks that are free to say, "Well, we evolved." You have folks that are free to say things like. We've progressed in mm-hmm. the loose sense. You can say that, and I can, I can um, accept that. Yeah. Um, the problem is the runaway assumption of progress mm-hmm. it means that um, there's no category for a faithful presence. Yeah. In the realms of the things we do, um, because our you know our value, personal values, and joined to it. Uh, our civic values and join to to it and our economic values join and join to newness yeah as it relates to progress mm-hmm. so innovation is kind of like a uh, uh, a cog in the the machine 
that uh, enables us to pr- progress. Mm-hmm. No one knows where we're progressing to, though. Yeah. And a lot of folks at this point don't don't know what we've progressed from. So we're hunkered square down in what we call a giant problem. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. And so, so, but what we need is uh, faithful stewards uh, over um, their studio practices, mm-hmm. you know, um, over their design practices. Um, uh, I like new things and I like fresh experiences, um, but new and fresh only mean something when there's a lot of enduring facets that we love in an enduring way or that we're resonated by or enriched by in an enduring way. Yeah. Uh, when, when you eliminate that and you call it all innovation, it's not, it's not innovation. Um, and problems are meaningless if everything's a problem. So you need, you know, your worldview has to expand. Mm-hmm. Problems aren't problems. If, ev- if everything's random and an accident and it's momentary, then solving problems and innovating solutions is, is really meaningless. You see what I'm saying? Because no, it's, totally. it's utterly trivial and we could call it bleeblop in, in yeah, scuba do Like you could just make up words and say, Oh, I'm scuba doing this. Yeah. Cause if it's, if it is ultimate, then at some point we have to realize just how pointless it is for us to keep making new ideas up Yeah, because all we're doing in actuality is creating new problems for the future. That's right. It's called infinite. And you're infinitely regressing away from what you say is a, like, if everything you do is in the future, a problem, mm-hmm. but that's progress. Those two things don't seem to square with each other necessarily. They don't, yeah. they don't really jive in, in this kind of like predeterministic linear, yeah. linear way. And, um, you know, so I, I just take a lot of issue with, uh, you know, mo- certain modern ideas, certain secular ideas. And um, I believe in innovation, by the way. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, we do have to this, get there. Yeah. Second half of the discussion isn't just going to be us like critiquing the term. Yeah. Uh, it, it obviously is going to be a, well, what is, what is not there? And what I do believe in problem solving, by the way. Oh, 100%. But the reason why those things are meaningful is because I believe the world is uh, inherently teeming with life and potential mm-hmm. and actuality. And uh, so going back to the, the kind of ordinariness of the imagination mm-hmm. is necessary to appreciate and experience the extraordinariness of imagination. Yeah. Uh, without it, you can't actually even... And, and, um, the extraordinary can't actually resonate mm-hmm. unless you have the ordinary. And so most of us live more in the ordinary. And my whole thing is the more you realize that uh, uh, in a po- posit- you know, positivistic kind of way, mm-hmm. at a minimum, I think there's a whole discussion there. I, I'm just substituting right now. But uh, the more you'll see that's there, mm-hmm. the more likely that you see that's there, the more likely that you'll recognize um, like you there's it's like uh how do you say it it's like dangling innovation in front of a bunch of people mm-hmm. that have bypassed all the stuff for how to do it it's kind of like what you were saying yeah you don't have any tools to innovate because you don't know what you're doing no and also you you have no real proof that what you're because you don't know the topic well enough mm-hmm. you don't have proof that what you're doing isn't just recreating a past problem yeah but you you okay we're innovating back to square one yeah yeah, it's like manop- it's it's like a an, an emotional manipulation. It's yeah. like a commercial. Um, it's like going somewhere where the people tell you it's beautiful over and over again. Mm-hmm. They don't show you the beauty, yeah. but they tell you it is. Mm-hmm. They program you, or they they tell you it's exciting over and over again. You know, like you yes. go to like a seminar and you're like this is really exciting stuff, and we're really fired up, and they just keep saying it's exciting. Yeah, we're fired up. 
it's exciting. And you're like, what is exciting? Like this. Yeah. It's like, this is not exciting. This is I not exciting. I mean, you got lights flashing, you're playing music and you're telling me these ideas are going to change my life, but your life doesn't look any different. Yeah. But you're telling me it's exciting. You're manipulating me through the use of words. And you see that with innovation sometimes. And, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 and maybe this is, I, I don't think this is cynical, but uh, it probably is just a, uh, just kind of an outgrowth of the fact that, like, within the space where I teach, this is such a common discussion. It's so yeah. cavalierly thrown around. Yes. Is that so much of what we've been asking, especially of like artists and art school students, is like, hey, if you could, by the time you graduate, could you just have one of those crappy infomercials? Mm-hmm. You know, look at the size of these fan blades. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's cheaper than before. You can use it in water. You know, and it's like, that's not innovation to me. Like, you know, if you tell me like, hey, you know what? Here's a painting and you know what it can do? You can wash it in the, in your dishwasher. That's not innovation. That's stupid. Yeah. Like, I don't want, to, what am I going to do? Am I using mm-hmm. it as like a placemat for my kid to eat off of? Yeah. Or yeah, am I yeah. actually having it in its proper place? And I think that's where, you know, something you said earlier, it does strike a chord where it's like the question we don't usually stop and say, but why? Yeah. You know, like maybe there's something good enough about certain things. Yeah. Is like, it possible that something can just be good enough? Yeah. There was a, there was a spot. I went to a wedding, some good friends uh, this past weekend and there was a spot and it looked really good and it was a biscuit joint mm. and like everything looked good. And I love me some biscuits, man. Yeah, you do. Like, uh, like biscuits are in every part of the day meal. Mm-hmm. But when I was looking at these, they were talking about adding this, this, and this. And I was like, I need proof that you can make a good biscuit. Yeah. I don't need proof that you can make a biscuit with a bunch of other crap so I can't even taste it if it's exactly. a biscuit at all. I need it to have some biscuitness to it so that I can know that what you've done to it has actually benefited it. Yeah. Because if you tell me, here's a biscuit with 45 different ingredients and we've thrown some stuff into it and it's really great and it's served on this kind of yeah. plate and it's yeah, slathered yeah, in this. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, it ain't can a biscuit you, anymore. But it can't, it, it can you make a biscuit? Hey, dude, I, mm, so yes. one is Garrett's nickname in high school is biscuits and gravy. <laughs> That's a whole different discussion. We'll talk about that later. But I am the a man of a million yeah so he turns out he may have as many or more than i do but um <laughs> i went we went to a mexican restaurant and you know growing up in california and my family you know grandma we've i've eaten a you, lot always, you ate some for real mexican yeah, some food. Mexican food. so but also you know that i am not a food snob no nah. so i know authentic and i'm not a food snob yes. okay so we go to this restaurant and it's a mexican restaurant down the street i'll never go there in my life and i Eight hour tamales. Mm. I kid you not. They were so hard, which you never say with tamales, by the way. No, already, that's not even a that should category. already be. Yeah. It's innovative, so right? Yeah, they were so hard, dude. I couldn't cut through them with a fork. With all my force. You sure they didn't just give you like ham bones? With all my force. It was worse than beef jerky. When you, if you can Gosh. make a tamale into a beef jerky, you're doing and not taste good. Wrong. So, dude, I you know, I'm easygoing, man. I've only sent back food one other time in my life. That's crazy. I know. So I'm just like that. And so I try to eat this like beef jerky. (laughs) Finally, man, I show the guy, you know, Hey dude, this is beyond not edible. And I'm like, watch. And I like, I'm like, I'm feel bad, man. I'm sorry. Cause I don't like to send food back. Yeah. yeah. I'm always more like, I'm thankful, (laughs) you know, and I'm like doing this and he's looking and my hand is shaking cause I can't. (laughs) I can't break it down, dude. I can't like a, get in there. A vessel bulging yeah. in your neck, red yeah, yeah, faced. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know where I was. What were you saying? I, was, I guess I'm going with that. You had mentioned something about biscuits. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so here's where I was going. I started looking around, uh-huh. and every dish, my wife's dish was terrible, but I told Laura, I said, you know how you know this place isn't good? Because they don't get the good stuff, right? Or the easy stuff, well, the basic no. stuff. Well, no. Not, it's, even, it's even more sinister than that. Oh, gross. Every plate, no matter what the dish was, I started looking around, had a pile of lettuce and cheese and a bit of pico de gallo to where you couldn't actually see mm. what you were eating. Yeah. Which is a way of hiding how terrible it is. So visually hiding it from you. Yeah. So we yeah. put all this on top. Yeah, but can you make a tamale? Yeah, dude, that, that's real. I mean, Can you make a biscuit? So my point is we, we do this with institutions. Mm-hmm. We adorn it with phraseology. Yes. And then, and then um, what you find out is there is an uh, incredible measure of dereliction mm-hmm. and competency and self-serving um, dispositions yeah. that are in the, uh, I got something to pr- prove and I've got something to protect. You know, yeah, because like, if, if, if I can hide, if I can use innovation as my, you know, my battle cry banner mm-hmm. flag, um, then the fact that I'm doing something different means, oh, you just don't get what I'm doing. Exactly. It's new. It's different. It's, new, it's different. So I'm just you know? being innovative. And so it's like I'm being innovative so I can hide behind that um, in kind of the most nefarious sort mm-hmm. of sense. But yeah, there, there's something to be said like, um, you know, uh, art schools that produce good painters and designers and sculptors and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, architects and interior designers and photographers, like that's wonderful. There's no small thing. Like I don't need each of them to come up with some new product. I don't need each of them to be economically successful within that field for me to say, Hey, we've done a good job. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I don't think that for people either. I mean, some of my favorite, like we talk about music, some of my favorite music is because I can say, oh, that sounds like this. Mm-hmm. This sounds like this band I like. This sounds like that singer. This, You know, we, uh, you know, a few of us, uh, some of our close friends, we were kind of vibing on an album this, you know, in the last three, four months uh, that we found out about um, that was really good. And one of the ways that at least three of us were talking about it is like, oh, it sounds like so-and-so from this time period. It sounds like this type mm-hmm. of music. It sounds like this album. It sounds like this record label. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, oh, this sounds like nothing I've ever heard before. This yeah, sounds like it was drawing uh, connections. It was drawing the connections because we live in a world that is connected, that the world is out there. So there are things that accord with one another in good and bad ways. And so I don't know if you want to like make the leap and move into the like, how do we talk positively about innovative or how do we move forward with it? But <sighs> I, okay, so have we exhausted the, the, yeah, the negative, how we made it negative enough? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think we don't have to use the word innovative to positivistically anoint everything we do. I think there's a normative, um, ordinary place for executing ideas and making things that is sufficient in and of itself and is developmental Mm -hmm. um, and predicated on uh, the relative competency and uh, skills and enablement of the person as they're learning, whatever that is, whoever they are. And gives a lot of room for uh, growing up into something. Um, yeah. I would say that, you know, you know, history is highly problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, priv- it has privileged some over and against the others. Like I could go back to, um, um, who was it? Uh, Carter, um, Peanut Man. My brain. Uh, George Washington Carver. Yeah, George Washington Carver. So I go back to George, George Washington Carver. I say that was an innovator. Oh, heck yeah. But so, so, um, but when you look at his credentials, then you see how everyone, everyone else is not an innovator. Mm -hmm. So innovators are farther and few between. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and when, when we assemble a team of people and we say we have to innovate, innovate a new solution, there's an inherent admit, admit, um, you're admitting in a kind of inherently um, sober way that there's a great likelihood you won't do it. Yeah. So when I think about the potency and power of innovation, we're saying we have tapped every possible mm-hmm. solution yeah. and, and we need something different. Yeah. So, so, you know, so you have visionary uh, innovators who mm-hmm. actually see ahead uh, a problem before it emerges as, as one mm-hmm. or an opportunity, you know, like I call them problem opportunities, a problem opportunity before it's one. And I think you have those sort of scattered throughout history. Um, and I think I can imagine many occasions where we say we need someone who's innovative. And, and when you say that you're admitting you're not, and you're admitting your team is not, yeah. but you're willing to, but it also seems like it comes from a place where you've identified that there is something that's exactly that needs right. To be that's exactly dealt right. with. So, so it's, it, there's an exclusivity in my mind to, to innovation. It's not that the door is, cl- it's not, it's not inclusive in terms of anyone can take a job at it. Mm-hmm. but there is an exclusivity in terms of who actually may be the ones who end up executing it. And not that that can even be determined, determined, mm-hmm. but it's to, it's to recognize the, uh, the extraordinary, uh, I think, um, you know, aspect or, or way of recognizing that which is truly innovative. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and by saying that what we're not doing is, uh, devaluing everything else that is fresh, new, right? Even dare I say, original or different. Um, but I think innovation really emerges in paradigmatic and seismic ways. Yeah, and and in that same space. So the internet was innovative. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I think, and it's one of those things that uh, there is a self evidence of innovation. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it's going to slip by some people. That's that right. This is you know that different that that you know unique that original whatever you want to put in front of it um like they're like we are not stupid as mm-hmm. humans mm-hmm. so if something is innovative like i will see that yeah you know so if uh you know go back to the the just the the garbage late night infomercials right like mm-hmm. those are not innovative products those are garbage yeah now everybody knows it it's used as a trope it's used as you know a joke um but that's still the way that we talk about a lot of things like hey uh yeah this is a toaster oven yeah but let me tell you how it's innovative. And it's like right, it's not. Right, right. It's a toaster. The toaster oven. And if it were innovative, you wouldn't have to spend thirty minutes convincing me to give yeah, you forty nine ninety five. Yeah, I I'd be like, know it. that's yeah. it. I know and so, it. so and here's why this matters. If you're listening, if you're a comic book artist, you don't have to um, abandon comic book illustration and writing because it's already existed for a long time. No, not at all. It's a it's a it's an established milieu uh, where someone may do something relative to the genre and milieu mm-hmm. uh, that we might loosely say is 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 pretty innovative yeah um yeah if you're, ge- if you're a designer you don't have to say oh well what i'm designing is a dance or a sculpture like you can let those things be those things yeah. and not just call it something else That's for right. the sake of innovation for the sake of, yeah, for the sake of and and my fear in this is when we talk about and i'm kind of uh lumping innovation and problem solving together is when you reduce it and you say hey you know we're about these things this is what it is um, those things may be true, but then, then it's like, you've totally destroyed the, the heart of the, the person who's like, I just, I love to paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, uh, in other words, I love to dwell richly in a space with this gunk that, um, <laughs> when manipulated yeah. and pushed around starts to, um, gather in matter and meaning 
mm-hmm. in almost tectonic like ways that flickers the effects of light and time and uh, can be an image or not an image. It can it can coalesce or or yep. unravel. Yep. It, it's got these experiential properties that poetically resonate me, and by extension, are resonating other people. And that is a sufficient way of existing, kind of the same way you know a fisherman fishes, mm-hmm. or you know, um, you know, uh, um, a gardener gardens, or a lawn care person cares for lawns. It sounds like I'm devaluing painting, but what I'm saying is uh, the only reason why it sounds devaluing is because we've drunk the Kool Aid of progressivism and elitism. Mm-hmm. So when you put those things on on level playing field, it sounds like. Uh, it's a diminishment. Well, I mean, to me, like the thing I hear, and I know, you know, we we're in alignment with this, so it's not like I'm hearing anything you're not saying. <laughs> but the the thing it sounds like is that you're prioritizing um, the noun above the adjective. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I don't need innovative painting. I need painting. Yeah, you know, just yeah, like yeah, I yeah. don't need the 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 funky tamale. I need the good tamale. I need, I need the tamale. good biscuit. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. In fact, even an average tamale. Because I mean, you know, there's a place uh, here in Richmond that does phenomenal biscuits. That's what they do. It's just that. Yeah. They don't have to do other things. And people will go there and they will spend more money than they probably should to buy a biscuit. And they'll say, I just want four biscuits. Yeah. I don't want anything on them because of what that you do That was also another so good. with Gary's nicknames, four biscuits. Four biscuits. That's <laughs> my, hey, bars man, that's my MC name. <laughs> four biscuits. Let's give, let's give a round of applause <laughs> for four biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, so the, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, and it's one of those things where it's like in the space of something that holds weight in a real way that actually, um, you know, has substance. I don't need to have it be innovative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you go to a concert and you hear some good music and you're like, man, this is great. Yeah. I wish it were innovative. Yeah. 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 You don't say that stuff. Yeah. You know what this all points to? Um, I, I'm not sure which way you're going. So. It, it points to human beings are perpet- perpetually dissatisfied. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're perpetually dissatisfied. I mean, you know, take the best things. Take sex. Mm-hmm. People can never have never have it enough that you you don't want more. Same with food. Same with food. Same with uh, um, you know friends and fun. Yeah, music, friends and fun. Like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and there's a there's a sweet spot where you don't <clears throat> you don't take it for granted. But um, if you look at the amount of relationships that don't hold together, mm-hmm. the amount of times jobs don't hold together, like if you look at our uh, the the transient nature of society, how much people move. We're really, un- we're really unsatisfied. Yeah. Here's my thing. Why is it that we are starved for satisfaction? How can you hunger for something you've never had before? Yeah, yeah. Like, why would that, how can you have a taste for satisfaction if you've never been satisfied? Yeah, I mean, it probably points to the fact that there's, <clears throat> a, there's something that, something in us that, like, you know, um, I couldn't describe to you. Mm-hmm. something that stinks, but I can darn well tell you when something does, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, so there is a, um, with something like that, with the smell of something like I'm not, I'm he's not, not talking about me, everybody. <laughs> I promise you that tamale yeah, like, is not <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not taught like as a little kid, you're not sitting around your parents are going like, okay, you smell that. Well, that actually, that stinks. Yeah. Like 
you're born with it. Yeah. Like it's there. There's something <clears throat> internal in terms of like something that stinks. Yeah. Right. Um, nobody has to tell you that getting hit on the thumb with a hammer hurts because we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a there is something about me mm-hmm. as a human, period, and you as a human, period, that's like, oh, that's pain. Yeah. That stinks. That smells good. Like we may have different shades when it comes to the positive side of things of like how good it smells or how mm-hmm. bad it smells or whatever. Right. But, but at the end of the day, nobody's sitting here teaching us these things. There are things that is as uncomfortable as it might be uh, that we all actually share because we have such commonality as mm-hmm. humans that we don't have to teach each other because they're already in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like ju- like people that craft for, like when we craft for justice, what we're, we're appealing to the fact that there ought to be a just world. But have we ever, so it's, it, um, which I'm definitely want a just world, but we, you have to ask the question like why? Where does that oughtness come from? It's an yeah, oughtness. Totally. It's an it's a, a moral oughtness. And so what I'm what I'm trying to say is, um, I think it was I think it was um, the Narnia dude C.S. Lewis wrote mm-hmm. that if you hunger for a um, if you hunger for a world you've never experienced, perhaps it's because you were made for another one. Yeah, and I think that has you know that sentiment has a lot to do with the fact that we're constantly like I I think that's where ideas with like progress and innovation come from is that we yeah. understand there's like an imperfectness wait but sit on sit on it for a second don't go past it okay, I'm, I'm not all right, all right. yeah yeah I'm go back go like, back so <sighs> say it again like if you're hearing this sit on this uh if you hunger for something you've never had for a world you've never had perhaps it's because you were made for another one yeah you got to sit on that because then if you sit on that then you start to look at the world that is and you say how did we get here mm-hmm. and then and then you got to sit on that uh-huh. We have to sit down on it. Yeah, and you and also that, have to sit down on that if you're going to start saying, "And how do we innovate?" Exactly. Out of it? That's or the how point. do we? How do I? How do I make? How then do I make things? How then do I exactly uh, live? Um, <clears throat> because yeah, I mean, in all of this, like these are not new ideas. No. I mean, geez, this is crap they were tossing around in Mars Hill thousands of years ago, yeah. back in the day, right? This yeah. is stuff that like you know Aristotle and Plato yeah. and Socrates yes. are like, "What's up? What's up?" Yeah. So we're so progressive, but we don't even know that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, these are, I mean, these are, these are questions that at the heart have animated human discussions since the jump. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like this not, you yeah. know, and which, you know, again, as uh, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing new, man. Like it's, you know, we're, we're doing shades of things. We're like, yeah. Hey, this is the yeah, new yeah. blue. And it's like, and that's yeah. where I say we're developmental. We're, you know, the earth is spinning and we're uh, rising and falling, falling yeah. in our, in our lifespans. You know, we're, we're cultivating gardens that, turn into parking lots that turn into shopping malls that then get mowed down and turn into a house. You know, there, there is things that are cyclical, which is not a trivialization of those things, no. it, but it begs the question about a value and, and um, how, how we can be at rest. And I think when you're satiated and at rest, you tend to make things differently. Oh, totally. Um, and, and we are, I think we're, we're not at rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, statistically the world is anxious. And so we're desperate to, uh, to find the, um, the quicker and the easier mode of innovation that mm. um, gives us escape. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, we're faint in our persevering disposition, so we're quick to relinquish the effort and control and ideology to someone else to do it for us. Yeah. And yeah, so and yeah, we're, yeah, also, yeah. we're also real gung-ho for like this to be where our hope 
is now coming to rest. Exactly. Like, oh, this is the one that will solve mm-hmm. the problem. This yep. is the one that will do it. Yep. This is the one that will come and make it right. This is the one, you know, and like we and want then when it, all the and things. And then when it fails, and then when it fails, then everybody acts like they didn't, it didn't, they didn't see it coming and yeah. they weren't a part of it. Or, and so there's no accountability. There's no responsibility. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, there's. Gosh, uh, if we lose half our audience today, I'm sorry. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Cause I think most of y'all, like, even if, even if this isn't a, a conversation you're a part of, yeah. like, um, you've, you've felt this, uh, you know, and you had to say, so like as a designer, uh, a project I was working on a little while back, uh, was a fantastic medical device. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. I mean, in, in the most real sense, it was, it was innovative. It was doing things in a way that tracked and was in accord with what the problem was with these medical devices. But at the end of the day, it was scrapped because nobody, because there was a contract they were going after that was not accepted. That was it. Mm. It was done. Even though this was no innovation, the innovation did wasn't real. Yeah, it's like so. All the ideas, all the things that were actually positive about that, got thrown out Mm -hmm. because, well, we thought there'd be this contract. That one didn't happen, so we scrapped it. Yeah, we're not pursuing it anymore. And that far too often, I think, is the the space where innovation finds itself. Mm We will throw out the beneficial mm-hmm. because we're not after the beneficial. Yeah, we're after. We haven't power. asked the question, why should this exist? Yeah. And we don't know. And if we don't know, then we're just constantly uh, flighting out as a, as a bee to another flower. Trying and to that's where, more, and, and more and more. Yeah, yeah. And that's where what you're seeing is the polarization means that you have people that are rightly recognizing a problem, mm-hmm. but then they're becoming their own version of that problem by extremely reacting in the opposite. Yeah. And so because um, we want to find a place that keeps us free from guilt mm-hmm. and accusation but allows us to accuse others for the wrong that we perceive yeah and so we keep bouncing around the sort of societal map trying to square and land on the right side of history to be the right and and uh um everyone everyone has got some stuff on them everyone's a little messier than they want to admit and um we're having a hard time answering these questions yes and uh and so then things like innovation and you know, innovative institutes and, you know, um, uh, ideas predicated on creativity and imagination are narrowing, flattening and collapsing, mm-hmm. but we're setting the stage for someone to come along and innovate away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to be ironic, but you know, I mean, there's, so, you know, um, I don't know how I feel about Elon Musk, but, um, yeah, he's a, he's a tough bird. To he might be or the other. Yeah. He might be an innovative dude. Yeah, I, mean, he put, I think he is in a lot of he ways. Put a ner- he put Neuralink into a monkey that played Pong with its mind, and I, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did he? I that mean, raises the question of is it really so? What that does is that allows you to have a serious ethical question or ethical discussion. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is it, it's happening to the extent that we should really talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, we should talk about um, uh, the interfacing of technology and hu- humans. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are, are they can't wait for it. Mm-hmm. And there's people are like, eh, I don't know. And there's people like, no way. Yeah. That's a discussion we should be having no, in totally. a serious way, but in a highly informed way. But the discussion is this is innovative. Yes. And because it's innovative, step in line. Step in line. We got to do it. There's no, and, and if you say, hey, hold on, you're going to get, you're going to get canceled. Yeah. Well, the, um, I mean, one of the classes I teach, uh, the culmination of the class, at least when everything was much more in person, um, was, uh, you know, they would give these presentations. Uh, I would give a, a question about how might we do a certain thing um, or solve a certain problem or address a certain issue. 
and they would have to come up with ideas. And they had this whole kind of vetting process and a lot of things that we went through um, to see whether or not their ideas were valid, not good or bad, if they're valid, mm -hmm. which means they had uh, at least enough mass to proceed. Mm -hmm. um, and students would um, give these presentations and the most common thing, and it was probably 75, 80% of the presentations that have ever happened in this space, the question always came back to, well, why does this need to exist? Mm -hmm. And I, and it was, it was, it was amusing in some ways because I'd have students that would be very much about uh, specific topics. One of them that a lot of students tried to solve is like, you know, waste and environmentalism. And so they'd come up with this new mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. and I'm like, so you're combating waste by making a new thing. Mm -hmm. So what do we do with the old things? Yeah. We throw them out. Like you're not, you're not reworking things. You're not changing stuff up. Uh, and, and this is not a dig on people. It's very much to say that the thing missing in discussions about innovation is that question of why in the first place should it? Yeah. And what are we in it? Like, like what, why do you pursue it? Right. And what are the, what is the world that we live in such that we would want to innovate it? Yeah. Like, do we know it well enough to say, like, if I just came up to you and I don't know you and I tell you, tell you we want to change these things about you. Yeah. Well, I don't even have a basis for knowing you to suggest the changes. And that's my fear is we have a lot of people that are, are egocentrically enjoying or attaching themselves to uh -huh. the most progressive, innovative ideas so they can be seen as the game changer. Uh -huh. But they haven't, the, the world is resilient and resistant to shallow interpretations. Uh -huh. And it will raise its head. You know, it will fight back. It'll. You know, you'll find volcanoes happening and uh -huh. storms you can't handle and asteroids fall. I mean, like, so there's a kind of pettiness to this ego that wants to be seen as this kind of cultural elite. Uh -huh. And uh, what we need is is what I would call humble humble stewards of yeah. of this world, um, and with brilliant minds and passion and zeal, uh -huh. creativity and imagination that can innovate uh, ways forward but who are taking into account anthropo human anthropology. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean the totality and, and are not um, fake inclusive. Yeah, and, and I think a big part of that is we don't need that to be everybody. Exactly. And the fact that it is highly detrimental if it is everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if we want to just change, uh, change the terminology but probably use the same categories, um, if everybody is an avant-garde artist, then – Nobody is. Correct. You know, so, and that's, I think, a place where it can be because, you know, you talk about like innovation within this space of economics or technology or whatever else. You're really talking about that field's shade of avant-garde. Mm -hmm. It's just what it is. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's cutting edge. It's new. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's leading the pack. It's, it's uh, visionary. All other things. You would yeah. use the same descriptive terms yep. for one as the other. Mm -hmm. And so, what would you lose? What mm -hmm. would be lost in the canon of art history? Or what was never included in the first place? Mm -hmm. Because we were like, progress, avant-garde, yep. cutting edge, leading edge, whatever. What that means is the canon would be huge. And here's what it would expose. There is more of a commonplace state of existence for painters and artists that you can't draw as tight of a line around. And so, mm -hmm. you know... Uh, that's some of the biases of the canon and, and who writes the history of art. And yes. it's like the more I look, the more artists there are, the harder it is to kind of um, quantify, you know, these dumb questions like who the best is and yeah. who's the most important. At some point, you're like, it doesn't matter. Like, nope. there's just great things that have happened. And what a delight to discover people that were in passion to be doing what they were doing with this gathered matter in front of a seascape or 
yeah, you know, like, whatever it is. What if what if the question was not how do we build a better table, but it was how do we build a bigger table? Yeah. You know, if it was more about, you know, in the, in the same kind or, of or we if we said, how do I build a table in anticipation of a family and friends and strangers meeting together to share a meal? Yeah. Where the bowls rest on the table and make a certain sound that complements the jubilance of a of a people gathered together. Right. Like like well, what is this? How does this table rest on hardwood floors or marble yeah. floors or concrete floors? Or how does it resonate? How, how does, does it, it resonate, resonate with the clinking of glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it resonate with clinking of glasses? How does yeah, you know, um, how does it look when you're entering into a space? How does it look when you're sitting down at it? Mm-hmm. And what and and why that matters is because we want it to be so hospitable and so impeccable that um, people are are charmed to death by it. They're they're yeah. elated without even realizing it. And the thing um, is, most of those, if if that were the question and that were the pursuit, mm-hmm. most of the answers to that question, most of the characteristics of that table would come across as seemingly mundane. Exactly. Because they would be tied to things that we already have accordance with. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be necessarily that things are different. It may be that the, the grouping of them mm-hmm. is unique yeah, in a sense or hasn't really been seen before, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't mean that they would be so drastically different that we would be sitting here saying, I didn't even recognize it. Yeah. You would totally recognize it. Mm-hmm. You know, like um Yeah, because tables um are eminently and enduringly great things. Yes. They're they are a great idea. They're a great thing. They have great symbolic power. They have great u- utility. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, just as as a, as a category, right? And then and then you have bad and good tables yep. uh based on that reference to the general category. But just as an example, when you, you know, um, there will always be people, provided we're actually thinking thoughtfully about what a person is or what a human being is, mm. that that need a table that does what I what I was describing, right? Yeah. Um, and there will always, therefore, be people that are needed to make tables. I hope, unless we go so matrix that we are like in some kind of goop, mm-hmm. and we're a battery. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. unless 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 you hate people so much and family so much or whatever so much Mm -hmm. that you never want to sit at a table across from someone and actually have a conversation that you actually want to be isolated and you want to be dehumanized and you want to Mm -hmm. never experience touch or smell or you know this is what i'm saying when i say this is like we run into science fiction and i love science fiction actually yeah but um a lot of the people that are leading the charge uh, are are miserable Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hate there's a lot of um disdain they're they're bummed about themselves yeah. and they're uh, ashamed of things they're hiding. And, and so we had all this other subtext that is informing their, their manifestations and their decisions. And then someone else sees it and they covet that they want that. And then they roll with it. Uh-huh. And um, all the while there's these categories. I mean, you know, just like I was, uh, what was it? I don't know. A couple of days ago, I just sat outside and drank coffee with my wife. Yeah. And, you know, not again, it sounds cliche and convenient and coy and, you know, yeah, look, you know, I'm the middle-aged guy saying this, but, um, you know, I've run the race the hard way, you know, so I'm saying this because I've bought into a lot of this stuff we're talking about. I'm not saying it to someone who didn't. I'm saying someone who yeah, has. Totally. I've, I've shopped. Mm-hmm. And, uh, gosh, you know, the echo of, of, like, all the different birds singing and chirping and, you know, the, and even, like, when you look at coffee mugs, the thickness, the way it holds heat, yeah, depending on the kind of coffee mug it is, mm-hmm. it, it really holds heat a certain way and it it uh heat presses through the mug a different way so you're sitting mm-hmm. there and there's like a weight that is shifting in your hands and you're 
ingesting this. It's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. You're like, start thinking about it. You feel it. Mm-hmm. And then you're listening to the birds and you're seeing the sky and, and, um, gosh, there's no fear in that moment. Then you go online and it's like problem, 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 problem. It's like problems after problems after problems and in fear, fear, fear. And then yeah. you're like, how does this match with, with being outside? And you know, there's a few people shot and killed in my neighborhood recently. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's real out there, but, um, but it's never not been real out there. Yeah. It's never not been like that. I mean, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, this is so tangential, but um, I, I, I think the thing to drive home is, is that, that uh, um, maybe if anything, I'm just, I, you, you want people to rethink into the freedom to truly be where they're at mm-hmm. and to take account for that and to grow where you're, like, grow where you're planted. Mm-hmm. Don't, uh, you know, Work towards, pray for, ask for, get a discerning eye. Mm-hmm. Listen through the BS. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not be totally right, but here's the sentiment. The sentiment is um, all these things are possible, but the truth is not all of us, very few of us are going to be the innovators. Yeah. And that's actually okay. It's more than okay. And, you know, when you're in your studio painting and you go on Instagram and you see somebody who's got 50 million followers and likes, don't feel bad because you don't paint like them necessarily. Nope. Go back and just figure out how to be a better painter for yourself, like mm-hmm. and for for the people that do care about your work. Like ask hard questions, get to know the world, but don't um don't just fall into these categorical traps, you know, in, in these kind of hollowed out um, you know, branded expressions like innovation. Mm-hmm. Um chances are the only way you're gonna innovate is if you're you stumble upon it by intimating yourself with uh, a set of circumstances to the point that it, it, it just, at some point you're like, gosh, there's a, a better way to do this thing that I love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite stories uh, in that regard um, is uh, the company OXO that does like kitchen devices, implements, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so the guy who started that, um, his wife had debilitating arthritis and so they had, you know, wooden spoons and can openers and things like that. And, um, you know, they'd been largely the same form for a long time. Mm-hmm. And every day he saw his wife struggle with these things because her health was so that her hands couldn't hold things well. Mm-hmm. It was problematic. And so he intimately knew what was going on. And he was a part of this process. So he knew about these tools. He had held them. He had used them. He had seen. And so... He was like, you know, it'd be really nice if my wife had one that she could hold comfortably mm-hmm. because she loves cooking and this is making it where she can't do that thing. Like there was a reason for him to look for a difference. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that the object was inadequate as, it's, as an object. It's that it wasn't useful in some ways uh, for somebody who needed it. And so he just kind of fashioned up some prototypes and now it's one of the best selling kitchen brands that's out there mm-hmm. that because, came out of an intimacy with a, mm-hmm. a particular person intimacy intimacy with a particular person uh, a knowledge of the particular tool it wasn't a you know we're going to do four 30 minute brainstorm sessions so we can come up with some yeah. way to get out it's of com- here yeah yeah that's right. it, you know it wasn't it wasn't some sort of like hackneyed like jargon filled mm-hmm. like garbage dump yeah uh quick run through of something mm-hmm. it was like i've been watching this for years i've seen her her health deteriorate i've seen the problem elevate mm-hmm. 
so much that it wasn't just an also, inconvenience, it was an actual problem. Yeah, and and what's interesting in there is the sentiment, and I'm being a little sentimental, but it's fine, is um, he recognizes a, a fading um, opportunity for joy for his wife. Yeah, definitely. So there's a recovery of a joy in, in innovating uh, um, a new outcome that can mm-hmm. reignite some some joy mm-hmm. or maintain or preserve yeah in, in some some kind of uh, preservative in a way and i think i think you know i've said this like in the year you know a couple of years ago on a podcast about uh morris that morris code mm-hmm. you know that was innovated because his he got a letter by telegram or whatever it was um and by the time the letter got to him that his family his wife and his kids were dying by the time he got there they had passed yeah and uh you know his his motivation was like never again like there has to be a way to instantaneously communicate and that's when they were looking at electricity uh-huh. and um and so um th- those things are ha- i mean you, you don't you don't nobody sat at a table and said that it yeah. was out of a lived experience yeah you know what i mean yeah, like, it wasn't was just, some thought experiment. no it wasn't a thought experiment it was it was like i live doing these things and and i had an unfortunate experience but i'm not gonna i want other people to have a better chance at mm-hmm. not suffering what I suffered. Yeah, there's like some sort of like kind of triadic accordance that's happening there where it's like the individual, the world as it exists, and the uh, the possibilities of my imagination, mm-hmm. right? That they exist together. Yeah. So it's not just, oh, I'm here and yeah. I can. Yeah. But there's actually like the, the, the problem always in actuality mm-hmm. is evident and precedes yeah. the necessity. Yeah. Not that it's just, oh, it's out here, and mm-hmm. now we just need to figure out how to wedge this square peg into every round I hole mean, we do, find. Do you think, I mean, this is this is so messed up, but I mean, and I've felt the, the draw of this, and I don't, I'm not a big social media guy. I don't have like a huge presence or anything. But, um, and there's a place for it, right? But, I mean, just think about it. Just really sit down for a second and, and think like, there's that guy who did that. And then there's the person who's a social influence influencer. Who's like, I reached a million likes or a million followers on my Instagram page or it's like, um, yeah. And they're selling you some like, uh, like oxy shred powder. Just imagine existing for that. Ugh. Are we saying that that's what our existence and I mean, and there's nothing uh, necessarily wrong with it, but if that's the epitome that's of the, social progress, yeah. If that's what progress is, this is what I'm trying to say is like, Really? That's progress? Yeah. And and then you take that and people are like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Those influencers, like, that's totally not like that's that feels hollow. It's like, okay, we'll we'll switch it up. Uh if the if the painter who's just doing some like swirly painting thing where they're throwing Tim paint Burton. on a canvas and just spinning it, yeah, and they're getting like twenty million likes and you yeah. start doing that instead of something that actually like feeds people in communities yeah. with like real fantastic yeah. art. Like there, there are correlations. Like yeah. We don't just need to push yeah, it yeah. off and be like, oh, that's just some garbage yeah. other spot. It's yeah. like, no, we do that in our space. We devalue what we do because we think it needs to Here's change. The thing. Just if you want to be is. a gimmick artist, do your thing and be a gimmick artist. Like, yeah. if I ever have anybody else send me one more upside down painting where the person has done it and drawn the picture out in graphite mm-hmm. and then paints it, slapping the paint around upside down, then spins it right side up and it looks like a crappy version of a portrait of Bob Marley or whoever it is. Yeah. Not that Bob Marley's crappy, it's that they're. The, I mean, poor Bob, Mar- poor Bob Marley's had more crappy paintings made of him. Yeah, dude. He doesn't deserve that. He never deserved that. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, do Bob better than that. Good Come night. On, Stop painting Tupac, Biggie, and Bob in 
in less than awesome ways. If you're going to do it, make it good. Yeah. And then don't sentimentalize it because it, because you're not very good at it. And uh, just let someone good do it. Commission yes. someone else. That's where commissions need to come back in a strong way. Yeah. There's some innovation for you. Stop doing it and let somebody else do yeah, it. Yeah, let someone Innovate. else do it. Um, know, know your limits. Um, but, <laughs> but the point is, is like um, that kind of stuff is so corrosive in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because it, uh, it, it, it shallows the average person's uh, perception and experience of what the true value and meaning of art is, which is, is it, it at least includes that, but it's much more than that. Right. And um, it's not innovative at all. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's a performative lie. It's an illusionistic trick. And um, cool. I'm glad you're entertained by that, but you realize that um, I don't have to be impressed by it. And it's not because I'm an elitist, actually. Yeah. It's just because I've been in a kitchen cooking a lot longer mm-hmm. and I recognize how this meal comes together. And I want you to know there's better meals. Mm-hmm. Is that okay with you? Can we say that this is not very good without you being perceived as a jerk? And I, I think that's one of the things that I, I bemoan is, is um, you know, I've, I've, I, I try to hold myself to this standard. Like I don't walk around presuming that everything that I make is actually quite good. Um, you know, I've got, I've got some, some things that I'd be like, you know, I truly would know, I would be mortified if anybody saw, mm-hmm. um, because they really reveal the, the height of my limitations, like where I'm, you know, where I'm at on an average day or whatever, like, it's just what it is. Um, but to, you know, I'm not trying to force you into like, I'm not marketing that and then yeah. demanding that you see it as something it's not and it mm-hmm. playing along with me and buying into it. And, uh, oh man, it just, it pains me. I don't even know how this relates to innovation, but it pains me. It mm-hmm. pains, it pains me to, to see these expressions of what you would call fake innovation predicated on the ignorance of others so when someone comes and does the 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 splat painting Mm -hmm. the really crappy splat painting they prove how impressive jackson pollock was because nine times out of ten his paintings don't look like crap no say what you want yeah you may not like him you may not like him but there was actually something there Mm -hmm. and every time someone does a splatter painting they show how that was true oh yeah and then and then they and then they you know it's like 50 million social media examples where a person's like in a bikini with a painting and you're like, what's getting the likes here? This yeah. crappy painting that nobody cares about. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it pains me. It pains me that we're, we're there. We're yeah. Alive. And I think, you know, we mentioned this either the last episode or the one before is like, we don't have to like, what we're not doing is trying to, to say that uh, this stuff isn't important or doesn't matter. Um, that's not it at all. We're not saying ignore it. But just like we talked about with self-expression a couple episodes back, it's not that we're saying self-expression is not a part of art. And we're not saying that innovation is not a part of art or design practice. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is that maybe it's been given a bit too much of a pedestal. That's exactly right. And so what we have to do is we have to actually examine, like, well, what is that pedestal built out of? What is it? What is it really? um, What is it holding up? Mm -hmm. And should it be? You know, that's the whole idea of rethinking. Um, it's not to say throw it out, screw it, because that would be just as wantonly ignorant as mm-hmm. saying, what is it? Let's innovate it. Um, so what we're really talking about here is saying that's maybe brought up a little too high. Mm-hmm. So we probably need to bring it down a little bit lower so that everything can be on a certain plane together mm-hmm. so that we can understand which things are actually going to be maybe most important in our practice, maybe most uh, helpful in what we make, maybe most uh, illustrative for the 
the communication or uh, emphasis that we want to have, the intentionality and in the work we make, um, it's it's easy to put something on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to get it back in its right place mm-hmm. because usually it's just going to crash to the ground and we're going to throw it out. So at some point the tide will turn mm-hmm. and suddenly anything innovative, like you were even saying about like a lot of folks very heavily into like the, the fine arts maybe mm-hmm. are like, yeah, if it says innovative, I'm running the other way. Yeah. Like it falls from that pedestal super fast. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. worth rethinking so that we don't have to in some in some future episodes say, hey, how do we claw back this idea yeah, it's the of often, innovation? Yeah, it's the instrument. It's it's the way things become instrumentalized. Like it's just turned into an instrument for some other end. Yeah. So, you, you know, there's that where a lot of artists will cringe when they hear creatives. It, yeah, yeah. it has a class race there's a lot of implications in the usage of the term oh yeah and it, it is often wedded to um a kind of slick urbanized um yeah, i was gonna say I, yeah yeah it's got a lot of it makes me feel a little gross personally mm-hmm. um and i'm pretty i like as as grouchy as i seem today it's, it's actually because i'm pretty open mm-hmm. um like you can't be grouchy unless you're open in some ways yeah um because you're open your mind change but you're open to following the feeling and saying well this is kind of not so great and uh someone's got to say it mm-hmm. and um a lot of folks got to say it um but yeah so like these terms um get thrown around and here's the problem is the problem is not with the term the problem is mm-hmm. not with the term innovation the problem is mm-hmm. not with the term creative no it's it's our shallow shallowing way we are existing and if anything like i guess i just want to like urge it's like you know the rally cry is to to rethink our existence to such an extent that maybe we're more enfleshed more embodied and slowed down and um and then let's go from there and like let's talk about the time-honored questions uh that that are uh require a lot of humility to interact with yeah i mean i was going to say like um slightly different but probably in the same space is you know my whole thing with stuff like this is um always a move toward freedom Mm -hmm. right so it's you don't have to feel enslaved to Mm -hmm. do innovative work you don't have to feel uh limited to do uh digital work or analog work Mm -hmm. you don't have to feel like the one is the right way like there is actually freedom in the depth of the arts and of design Mm -hmm. where um what you're doing if you are wrestling it away from a solely economic function mm-hmm. or a solely uh, utilitarian need, there's always space for that to be done and made and appreciated and enjoyed mm-hmm. and in even purchased and loved in an economic sense. Um, so it's it's that that space of freedom is like, yeah, you can you can paint us with a broad brush. It's just like grumpy about this stuff. But what I'm saying is like sometimes there are domineering terms. Mm-hmm. that are out there mm-hmm. and we just accept them mm-hmm. and therefore they limit us. They don't allow us the freedom to actually be makers and not just that, but they don't allow us the freedom to make period. Well, they eclipse the values that are, are <laughs> beneath the extreme. So, yeah. so then you can't, it's the overestimated self that can't actually see where, where you're really at and how you're really growing because yeah. you've overestimated yourself and then you're, you're connecting yourself to these big ideas that are not obtainable for you. Mm-hmm. So then you're defeated and your metrics are all off. And all the while there's all these great things that are happening, but you don't have eyes to see them because you you think it's like we think too much of ourselves and we're not accordant with our true size. 
And so, or, you know, if everything's about innovation, well then what about the person who got a little better in my drawing class? Does yeah. that not matter? That's right. Matters. Can you, can that be on, on a website somewhere? Can that, can that be talked about? Mm-hmm. Cause I think it matters a whole bunch, but in a world that where everything is pushed this extreme, I mean, I always say, but you can't help it, man. You end up with Wally, you know, you just end up sitting in a chair with a screen telling you what to do next. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just, yeah. colla- everything collapses because values eviscerated mm-hmm. and innovation is, is the same as non-innovation. Yeah. And, and that is problem as problematic to the field at large as it is to the term innovation itself. Correct. It is a detriment to both. And the point, the, maybe the final point is, is like in, in, in exactly what you're saying is it doubles down on us as the hollowed out people. Mm-hmm. Because we're hollowed out and shallow, shallow, I'm making up words, shallowified, then um, we're perpetually dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take us much to, to wake us up and move, move us along a little further into further dissatisfaction. Yeah. And so we're really the shallowed. And, and, and then we read shallowly into everything um, and, and make, believe it, make believe that it's deep. Yes, 100%. And that's tough. Yeah. And you know, if you're if you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, thanks guys. I've just listened to you for 90 minutes and <laughs> you've made made me highly despondent about things. As always. Um no, no, if, no. Yeah. I mean, Don't think of that. it, you know, in some other sense, right? Like if you've ever had a bad haircut. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of painful and you're yeah. like, "Ah, oh, crap. This is going to look I may bad have for one right bit. now actually." <laughs> but <laughs> the nice thing about it is uh, that always means that there's room for growth. Yes. <laughs> right. In a real, very real sense. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not one of those things like, like despondency is not the end. Right. So if there's a little it's bit just of a it, recognition of the truth of the, di- the diagnosis. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. good to like sit with it and be like, well, why am I so bothered by that? Yeah. Like, the is deeper, it because you're hundred percent wrong? If so, let us know. The deeper into the trampoline you go, the higher up it shoots you. Nice. The lower you go into the trampoline, the higher yes. you go up. That's real. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody say that. There you go. I don't love trampolines. Mm-hmm. There it is. Well, perfect. <laughs> I think that's a great, uh, nice uh, punctuation mark on the end of this one. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to keep rolling with some rethink stuff. we got a few more of these left yeah. up our sleeves. I mean, you, you know, you might be saying at this point, I don't know when you're going to end that series, and we might be joining you in that sentiment. Yeah, we uh, might. Because I feel like we every got conversation more. we have, I'm just like, oh, well, here's a thing. Yeah. So we're we turning our, we're turning Shaco Art Speak into Rethink as the name yeah. of our podcast. Yeah, Shaco Rethink over here. We stink. Um, <laughs> then we're going to be doing We Stink. So we're just going to tell you fair. we're going to air out our dirty laundry. Fair and balanced. Yeah, fair and balanced. We're going to tell you all the ways that we stink. Yeah, and I'll, also uh, here's a spoiler alert for that episode. If you've been listening for the last two years, we've already been doing that. Yeah, it's been happening. Every <laughs> I feel like time. we've been very transparent about the things yeah, that yeah, are yeah. not hundred percent up to snuff. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, we always say it, and we always mean it. We really do. You're a fantastic audience. Yeah, we, we love each you. and every one of y'all. We appreciate everything you're doing by listening, by sending in questions, by all the support on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Thank y'all so much. Eighty episodes. Yeah, we'll catch you in eighty one. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.